Hey, what's going on, friends? This is Brandon Gredler, and you are now listening to Cocktails and Questions, a podcast where each episode we enjoy some cocktails while taking a look at the world of technology and business and taking a look at at least a minimum of two questions. This episode, we look back at the iPhone event that just happened. Did we get what we wanted out of it? What is our take on it? And the second question that relates to the first is all around facial recognition. What does the future look like now that that technology is in a pervasive hardware? Fueling the event is our friends at Tequila 512. For all the information about what they got going on, check out 512tequila.com. So tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, You've got Brandon Gredler, Ben Gaddis, and James Lanyon. Coming at you live, Garden Grove off Lamar in Austin. Um, cocktails and questions, right? A quick reminder on the premises. We enjoy some cocktails while we take a look at technology and business. It's uh, pretty simple. Coming off of last podcast, that's James jingling his uh, tequila and LaCroix. Um, <laughs> uh, coming off last podcast, uh, we looked uh, largely at the Apple event. Right, that was a couple of days before the Friday before. We're now sitting on the back end of the event, so the 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 question that we have to address is about the Apple event and what what are our takes on it? Right, they announced a lot of things, uh, a lot of jokes are going around, a lot of memes already out there. But you know, did we see what we wanted to, and what do we think about it? And then one of the key features, which we'll touch on in a little bit, that was in the Apple event is facial recognition. What does that mean going forward now that it's in such a large platform, it's such a wide audience? Um, James, look at you, man. Kick us off with the Apple event. Well, I think uh, if you listen to the last podcast, which I'm sure, you know, the millions Everyone of followers has. that we have as of today. And we wanted two things real quick. Just the, the recap. We said we want, you said you wanted Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And I summarized it as, or, or summarized it as we wanted to believe again. We wanted to see that magic that got us there. Right? But I think we collectively all agreed that Apple launch events are sort of underwhelming now. They're kind of predictable. Yep. And, and we kind of missed the magic. We missed the mock turtleneck. Um, and uh, I'll be the first to say, while I wasn't blown away, I was pleasantly surprised. I was. Actually, um, I, I thought they did a really good job. I thought um, a couple of things stood out for me. I was expecting one device. I wasn't expecting an iPhone 8 and an iPhone X. That was kind of interesting to me. iPhone um, 10. Yeah, iPhone 10. Right. Which, which everyone, where's the 9? I'm actually hoping this isn't a reversion to like a... A fancy font, like where all the phones from now on are going to be in Latin script or like something Super like Bowl. that. Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> McMillsby or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> you have to reach way back to my um, Latin class days to to understand what they're talking about. But if you don't understand that that X is a ten, you probably can't afford a thousand dollar phone. That's anyway, true. So. That's true. <laughs> I mean, but it might, um, might be their filtering system. But I look at it and I was pleasantly surprised, and I thought it was actually a nice balance of business and innovation. Um, I thought the iPhone ten was is really cool. Um, it looked uh, about like a lot of the things that had been leaked, which I think confirmed some of our suspicions that mm. some of those leaks are fairly scripted and managed now. Um, overall, um, I thought it was great, though. Um, my pleasant surprise was Apple Watch. Um, I'm actually really bullish on that now after really? seeing last week. Why? Um, it's going the way we have always talked about it going. Um, so it's no longer uh, strapped to the device, which is great. Uh, it's uh, got its own data feed, which nobody knows what that's going to cost. But at, that's cool. It's interoperable. And it looks like they're going a long way. Uh, they're investing a lot in terms 
of durability and sensor accuracy. So anybody who's been following this knows that the long-term trajectory for the utility of the Apple Watch is going to come from the ability for that sensor to really dig into you dynamically and read a lot of different data points that um, on an ongoing basis may very well redefine how you think about yourself. Yeah, and, 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 it's and not going just if you're way. white, right? So hopefully that's all that. Remember that, where the Apple Watch will only read like Caucasian skin. Yeah, as an issue at the first release. Yeah. Right? yeah. So let me ask you: Are you an Apple Watch or smart watch wearer right now? I am. I have a Fitbit Blaze, but I only wear this. I'll be honest with you: I only won. I won this in a game machine at an arcade at my son's friend's birthday party. Uh, it was so. That's the reason I have this. But since winning it. And uh, in, in a rather grand fashion, I might add, uh, I won an this iPad. This is another podcast. I won an iPad Mini and uh, Fitbit Blaze. And you know, it's like right. that's the this. thing in those games where you have to like thread the needle perfectly and poke it through. And they have like the Beats by Dre headphones and all that other stuff. In ten minutes, I managed to win both. And I, be, I, I did think you get son, kicked out like you're counting well, cards. I can't, I, nobody was around, <laughs> but I can only imagine that it was like that scene in Casino where uh, Robert De Niro was railing at the guy like, there's no way this happens. (laughs) Statistically, it's just never going to happen. They won the iPad and the Fitbit. Um, But uh, I do wear it, and I've become very attached to it. Uh, If for no other reason, that I think everybody has their little pet functions, right? Like, I love the um, silent, vibrating wake-up alarm, so I can get up and run in the morning without waking my wife up. Um, I've been really become dependent on the countdown counter, things like that. But what I think the Apple Watch is going to provide is a whole new world. And I'm really looking forward to getting one. I'm finally going to get off the fence and buy one uh, for this version. I'm excited about it. You got a take on that? You got a hot take on the on the Man, watch? I thought that I don't know about the watch. So I have a watch, in, in, an Apple Watch, and I don't wear it. But uh, it just got annoying. It just ended up just showing me all the stuff. I checked my phone too much, and it just made me check my wrist too much. Uh, but... Going back to the to the question about the Apple event, so I was not very bullish on the event. I was not, uh, to James's point, really even excited about it because I just didn't. I thought they were going to underwhelm, and I do think they pleasantly surprised. So the fact that they had watch, that they had TV, which I think TV is kind of lame. They're just catching up. It's 4K. Yeah. It's way too expensive. But what was the price point? Remember. I want to say it's 179, maybe 149, but still, when you've got a Roku or an Amazon Fire Stick, the mm-hmm. you know the everyone will argue that the interface is better, but if you need one of these for every TV, then it becomes challenging. But they're they're making progress there. I do think that the Apple Watch, the stuff that they're doing around uh, like being able to actually detect irregular heartbeats, mm-hmm. that's actually meaningful stuff. So yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. When you come to the phone. I I thought I think the phone is beautiful. I think that the X is is really beautiful. Ten. It is. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> hey, but you know what? it really does say something that it's, that's how we're all referring it's, to it's, it, right? It's the buzzword thing, but now it's gonna be the yeah. X for the ten. In Speed Racer, they never called them Racer well, Ten. We, well, we watched it with the crew, right? Sorry to interrupt, but we watched it with the crew at work. You know, a bunch of folks that are interested in these things. They either design for them, develop for them, think about them, love them. Doesn't really matter. And he came out and he said, ten. And everyone looked at each other and was like, 
what the fuck did he say? Oh, yeah. it was an X. Where's the nine? <laughs> yeah. That's and a now, branding that's a branding problem. I don't think Steve Jobs would have allowed that to happen. I wonder if it's like be, jazz, right? Like if you mess up once, that's a mess up, but if you do it twice, it's, it's called jazz. jazz. Yeah. So he actually slipped and said ten. He's like, fuck it, it's ten. <laughs> no, no, it's ten. Redo the entire marketing now. program. Yeah. Great if there was new. a picture that you found and and yeah. it's actually just shows Tim Cook's hand and it says remember, it's called X. <laughs> and he totally blew it. It's like some sweaty marker like on stage. So I think that when it comes down to the phone, there I was I was excited and disappointed. I think that there's a couple things that I loved, and we talked about it on the last podcast. The fact that the camera is purposely built for augmented reality, that's the first time that we're going to actually mm-hmm. see a device that I truly believe is built for that. It's big. And it's huge. It's huge. And that is going to be – it's going to open up all sorts of other things. Um, the fact that they've got the, the facial unlock, which we'll talk about, but – the, the technology behind that, that they did the depth perception, the true depth, the adaptive recognition, using those for other applications, unlocking your phone is stupid. I don't think that's actually a, a, a killer feature. It's already been done before. But give that to developers. What can they do with that, yep. with those 30,000 points that they can use? I think that's really cool. Um, the thing I was most disappointed in is that they changed the outside uh, and it's actually stainless steel versus aluminum. So you don't get to hear Johnny Ivy say aluminum, <laughs> which just broke my heart. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, That's a little nugget, a little chestnut there. Overall, I thought, it, I thought it was cool. I was thinking about the podcast last time when we talked about it. And I was wondering if our criticism was harsh or, or if it was fair sure. and warranted. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, um, Watching Elon Musk and SpaceX land a rocket, eventually it's going to not be cool anymore. Right. It doesn't mean that it's not cool. It just means <laughs> I've seen it enough. So are the events bad or are we just, we're just selfish and shitty about it, right? So I think the events are bad, actually. They, they do, they do all this hype. Steve Jobs, he nailed every single landing. We're in a different era. And then you've got Tim Cook up there. And I don't, he did an okay job, but I don't think anybody else actually rehearsed. They're reading right off the teleprompter. Yep. And then you got Phil Schiller over there just, I mean, doing ridiculous poop face emoji God. things. I mean, that was the most. God. That was rough. Oh, that was rough. That was when I was like, Steve Jobs is not rolling in his grave because of any device. He's rolling in his grave because this shit is going on. Literally, this shit is going on right now where there's a piece of shit that is talking (laughs) at an Apple event. I mean, I I remember just, I remember uh, when Steve Jobs passed and that stuff and how I felt. And I couldn't help but to think about him and sort of how he, all the things like the dent in the universe and all that shit. And then watching this guy animate a piece of poop on stage in front of the world as one of the closing cool things that they figured out. Is that a, but is that a question or a problem with Apple or is that a problem no, with society? it's a sign of times. It dude. is well, a sign of times spent, because they, that shit sells. They sell. It's true. But do you guys ever see um, Megamind? Yeah. So it's one of my favorite movies watching with um, my son. And there's that scene where he finally gets the city and he's consolidated all of his power and he's bored. We think about when Apple first started to revitalize its image, you know, it had so many different competitors to push off of. And anybody who's ever seen a Microsoft launch event knows how fucking lame that really is. I mean, I remember watching the Xbox 360 live event and it was so overly scripted. 
and the talent that they hired, like these actors to come out and like, hey, we're going to dance in a hip style and things like that. You but know, like, so the, you brought that's a really the good contrast point, right? point isn't in the market like Blackberry power user group used to be a big thing. Right. And now they're gone. It's just Apple. And so they're up there and they're dancing and there's. Is it, is it that they're lame? Possibly. No, they're is lame. It, but, 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 but I think it's actually, I think it's exacerbated by the fact that all of their foes have been vanquished and there's no one else to push off. Of. But I, I, I don't I know, man. Like they, Steve Jobs used to inspire like the masses in my mind. Like he had a cool factor and a swag about him yeah. that just doesn't exist when some dude is doing something that an 11 year old girl does. And I understand why they did it. I really do. I got it. It makes sense. But it's, it, it wasn't aspirational to me at all. And you got to think about the people that take the time to tune in. I did not read recaps. I watched the thing. Mm-hmm. I worked while I was doing it. But I mean, that's stuff for somebody else, right? Like you tune in because you want to believe, not in like some recreation or some weird arbitrary shot out to snap. Yeah. That was strange too, man. Um, and you asked me generally what I thought. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with everything that happened. Uh, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it went the way that I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But Inc. had an article that was really interesting, and I clicked on it because I'm a, a, a barracuda, and I'll click on anything with a good headline. And it was like... Um, I think the word is sucker, actually. <laughs> and it was uh, um, uh, Tim Cook uh, summarizes Apple's future, or sinks Apple's future in seven words, right? And it was talking about how he ended the event by saying that the iPhone 10 is the future of Apple. Or something along those lines. And it brought up a good point of the memories of Steve Jobs talking about how design, great design and great innovation, Mm -hmm. um, solves people's problems. And this is really a a great look at tech-led innovation, which is, you know, designing for sensors instead of designing for utility. That giant divot in the middle doesn't need to be there. It has to be there because what they jammed into the phone. Now, will great utility come of it? There's no doubt. But do we need it right now? Do you follow um, uh, Luke Robluski? He's a product director at Google. He's great. Yeah, he's great. And he actually posted that. And this is what happens when you become an influencer on LinkedIn, right? Like you don't have to pump out as much content. He literally just does screen grabs of PowerPoints that actually, I gotta be honest, are really not all that sophisticated. But he's a sophisticated guy, right? And on top of it, the things he says are fairly on point. And he had a great one on um, Momi Best practices for design and AR that I really liked. But the one I saw this morning come up was sensor design. And it pointed to exactly what you were talking about, which is the whole idea of we have a whole other set of things to think about right now. And some of them might not be fun, but they're purposeful. There are some designers that that we hang out with that we're not too happy about a whole new screen. Yeah, a whole new resolution, which is going to be challenging. And I mean, if you think about the future of of the device... It's not the device. It's the platform, and and hopefully it gets outside of just the phone. But what I do think that they did here is they, even though they showed it through a poop emoji, they created a new set of sensors and experiences that we didn't have before that are going to unlock just a plethora of amazing opportunities. It's going to keep our business going, and it makes me feel like... Man, we gotta we gotta really run at this thing as hard as we possibly can because the future is endless with that sort of stuff. But it's a sad state of the United States economy, I think, or just the just the state of the world that the only way that they can communicate that is through worthless and emoji things. That just to me, that was I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I don't feel like Steve Jobs would have gone down 
to that level. And I hate to be the guy who said Steve wouldn't do it, but right. I just feel like they're they're chasing a more consumer focus versus saying like we're changing the world or, and we're headed in that. Or direction. is it a devious head fake? Let me let me throw this Maybe. out there. So when we look at it, this will be my third ref movie reference. Anybody who knows me knows, I think, from movie Fact. clips. It's just the way my brain is designed. I don't know what that is. But in The Usual Suspects, he says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people that he was dead. And Didn't I look exist. At, what's that? Didn't exist. Didn't exist. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a while since I've seen That's the movie. That's all right. Um, but it stuck, stuck with me. And I look at it. And so the paranoid conspiracy theory take on the Apple launch event was this was all purposefully mastered to keep people from criticizing a more nefarious agenda. So when we think about that sensor that's in there and facial recognition and the future and what all of this means for privacy, is it easier to come clean and say, by the way, we're going to mass commercialize a device that's gonna become fairly invasive and start collecting data that you otherwise are not really comfortable with? Or is it sit there and say, hey, look over there, poop emoji. And yep. I was like, clap, 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 it's clap, totally, clap, It's totally what Amazon did with Alexa. And it's, yeah. it, I mean, you got to have your Trojan horse into the home. You got to have your Trojan horse. And it just so happens this Trojan horse is an animated piece of shit. Well, I think that's a <laughs> that's an interesting way to, to look at the next question, which is what do we think about a future with facial recognition? Because I love that point. I think you're right. They are using a consumer mentality to give somebody a reason to be okay with this amazing sensor array that is measuring your face, your emotions, all of these things. What does a future look like when every time you look at your phone, 150 times a day, your face is being analyzed? Yeah. What does that look like? And, and while I do that, feel free to open up your, your cocktail. Oh, I, 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 need to, I need to refill my glass. I think we can do this live, right? This doesn't yeah, need to be Yeah, it's cocktails and questions. Did we mention, did we mention know who our sponsor is this week? Our unpaid sponsor? <laughs> there is a process to this, James. My goodness. But I, I definitely want to get to the facial stuff because I think it's, um, it's all sorts of stuff. But just to wrap up the Apple event, the, the initial question, and really why they do shit like this. So I have two questions for you. Three. One, did you like the event, yes or no? Two, will you tune in for the next one? And really, my, my real question is three, are you going to buy the X? Which is honestly all they gave a shit about. Ten. Sorry, yes, ten. yes, and yes. All right, that's what I figured. Oh, yes, yes, no. I, okay. I'm not going to buy the X. Okay. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, my, my success still works. Okay. And i got to be honest, I'm holding out until Ben buys me one oh, okay. for uh, innovation lab purposes that I can just pocket. That's um, going to be the iPhone double X? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just um, wait for that. The 20? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do think there's a certain cyclical captive market that the iPhone has that people just age out of their old iPhone, and sooner or later, the OS update forces them in a new one. It's just the one. Like, so... Could this force people into like a 7S maybe? Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to get one because, frankly, I don't need one. Okay. Like, I don't need a AR-driven experience. What kind of that's, American are you? <laughs> that's, it's a great question. A barely one. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Stinking Canadian. So uh, I'll weigh in. Uh, the event is pretty standard for sure. I'm going to watch the next one. they got a long way to go until I abandon watching those things, or very least evolving to reading recaps and valuing my time a little bit better. Uh and will I get a 10? Yes. I mean, 
I'm going to, I got the tasty single one top, whatever. <laughs> you I and mean, I, I were the only ones. We've sold two in Central we've Texas. We've sold two of those things and I've gotten more retargeting from those guys. Oh. I'm like, hey guys, I already bought the damn thing. What do you want from me? Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So back to your thing about facial recognition is that that's one, that's the one thing that at least uh, in the hallowed halls of the cocktails and questions, that was the one thing that lit fire about anything else right was, was of that event was that capability in the phone it i know both out. you guys yeah i it know did. both you guys have it strong did. thoughts on that and i i think to james's point if you look at it as a trojan horse and people start to use this as they they probably went the best way possible which is vanity so everyone's taking pictures of Man. themselves. How many selfies are out there? And so what they said is this is the best selfie phone possible. Not to go back to the event, but yeah. I mean, they spent three minutes on the selfie function. And they it's even the world said the we word live in. selfie. It is. And Unreal. so but what they did is they said this is, this is something that makes your selfies better in portrait mode and lighting mode and st- stage mode, which is the ultimate way of showing how vain people are in the United right. States, which is... We, we created a specific filter, Do you remember not this? filters, so that you can look like you're on a stage. Not Did you ever filter. see the yeah. selfie shoe? This was actually the, the far end of your comment. And it was, I think it was on Kickstarter, and it was a lady's high heel that had this uh, attachment at the end. So you could take selfies of yourself at a distance with your friend from the perspective of a foot. But right? everyone knows, though, James, you don't want to shoot. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Right. So she the but in the picture, she had to hold her leg out. <laughs> like it's like it's like it's but it's become a parody of itself, right? The whole well, so selfie they go thing. in with that direction, and to your point, they have then now made it okay for them for all these millions of devices to be looking at your face. Mm-hmm. What else are they recognizing though? I think now you can start to. It's very easy to recognize emotion. It's easy to uh, look at attention. So how, what I'm most interested in is what do they do with that? How, how much as developers do we get opportunity to look at that? Because now I want to, every time I am interacting with a mobile application that we've developed, I want to know what's somebody looking at. Are they frowning? Are they, they upset with it? So, but remember what we played with, and this is, I'm going to walk back into the event for two seconds too. Remember what we played with as an idea when the watch first came out, which was, can we get biorhythms read in a predictable fashion? We really wanted to do that. And HeartMath has been playing with that for a while. Well, imagine you have facial recognition and biorhythm identification at the same time. So it's reading your vitals and it's saying your heart rate is accelerated. Why is that? And then it looks at your face and says, oh, he's smiling, he's excited, or Ben's grimacing, so obviously he's in a negative state. So by combining those views, you're actually, the machine can tell with some great certainty exactly what's going on with you. Now, being the American that I am, you guys, you sit, I'm always thinking about how you commercialize something. Exactly so you right. sit there and say, hey, maybe I need to be, uh, the Walgreens bot needs to recommend a pacifying pharmaceutical for your rage. Or maybe I'm like, Ben, are you down? You know, your vitals are a little slow and your your facial recognition is like saying that you're kind of sad. So, so maybe I need to recommend a TIFF's treat. Uh, you guys are going a little bit at it from a, from sentiment analysis, obviously, because like we do things in usability where we show people videos or images and we actually understand and 
damn near real time how they're feeling, which helps us in the editing process and things like that. That exists. And I, I'm thinking about it even more old school of, of ambient mapping, right? Where are they? <clears throat> yeah. Like, what else are you reading? Yeah. Right. Like we're, we're sort of hyper-focused on the human's face, which we should be because that scares the ever living shit out of me. Which I, haven't even, I haven't even parked my car in the thought that you are going in right now. Thank you. This is actually a really good thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like echo is a Trojan Honda. horse to listen. Dude, this is a, this knows. means the camera is always on. Always. It means there's a full stream of everything that this device could possibly see, which I'm flipping it over right now because <laughs> now they can see that Brandon's not wearing pants, are you gonna which see is a bunch of scary people thing. With band-aids Little known fact, the all camera the on yeah. your, on your but, iPhone. But that's, so if you said, this is why I think, on the last podcast we talked about privacy and i think it's bullshit everyone says if you ask them would you live stream of of just a feed to apple for no reason other than to take poop emojis would you give them access to everything that they could ever see through your camera everyone would say no that's exactly what's going to happen now is it going to go down that way i don't know they'll tell you it won't but Dude. people are worried about facial recognition inside subways and airports to do things like prevent terrorism, and they're all up in arms. But now they're going you know to carry really millions of these devices around. And what if all three of us had this device? There's no reason why Apple couldn't stitch through location, stitch that together, and have a vision of your entire home, so, of uh, your office place. I mean, this re- it reminds me a little bit of like the Snowden Sounds stuff, awesome. right? So. <laughs> It's the world I want to be yeah. in. As long as We're I can make a lot of money. This. So it reminds me of, uh, you know, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. You guys remember that? Yeah, heroes. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> the heroes. So there's this comment that I think about a lot <clears throat> during the, the the home run race, which was it was by a Sports Illustrated writer, and he said, "I'm not shocked. I'm more shocked that people are shocked." Right? I mean, look at these guys. His cap size increased like three three times. He, he, grown males' heads don't grow. Okay, that stops at like what twenty three maybe. So I felt the same way about Edward Snowden and the leaks. Like, what did you think they were doing? You think they weren't listening? And now you saw it a little bit with the with the crime that happened with the Amazon uh, Echo, right? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. When some, I think it was a homicide or something, and they, they wanted the files because they know that it's actually recorded. Of course they're storing it. Of course they're going to do something with it. We might not know what it is. Um, and I'll be shocked that if people are actually shocked that that's what they're doing. Because why else would you... Like, you're not going to turn it off. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They have to be storing it. They're at least storing it for some sort of machine learning. Technically, it has to it, work like that. It, it does. There's no way not to. Now, what I think people don't understand is that they make a decision whenever they buy a phone like this that they're trading the ability to unlock my phone with my face with that man you think people think like that though i don't i don't think they think about it that's that's what my point is that they don't think about it they think about that if you ask them the question they'll tell you they don't want it but they will overwhelmingly adopt something that makes their life easier and i think people are lazy And they're and I think the word's I efficient. Am. Like I really don't think it's lazy. I think it's efficient. Like people ultimately can size up pretty quickly how much work is something's gonna be. Yeah. And you instinctively know throughout the course of your daily life exactly how many things you're gonna do. And if you can shave a half a second off of twenty things, who knows, maybe you can go and stare at BuzzFeed for a minute and give yourself a little treat. With that in mind, the thing for me 
that seemed really disingenuous was their rationale for why facial recognition was better than biometric authentication. Mm -hmm. And they said with our thumbprint uh, home button, you have only only a 1 in 50,000 chance of someone hacking it. With facial recognition, it's 1 in a million. So you start thinking about that 1 in 50,000 comment and how remote that is. What are the chances someone's going to be able to just arbitrarily try and pick your Schlaglock on your house. It's less than 1 in 50,000, but that's pretty safe, right? So that biometric authentication device in the, the last version, that was ultimately secure. You're starting to get into the law of diminishing returns with yeah. facial recognition. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of security benefit no. jumping well, 1 in 50,000 to 1 in a million. It's what, just, it doesn't rationalize that one way. One comment on the fingerprint thing is that people people do are incarcerated for that, which is a different, like, terrifying thing, right? The chances are only 1 in 50,000. That's weird. But the one in a million to, to like, that's not very good mm-hmm. when you put it like that. So let's, right? let's put it in perspective of the U.S. population. The yeah. U.S. population is roughly 327 million. Yep. One in 50,000 means that out of that population, only 6,540 people will have this instance. I don't like my odds. Though. Right. So one in a million means one in 326. Yep. So you think about going from the left, which is 327 million, and then going to the right to 6540, and then going further to the right to 327, you see how little gain there is between that. The, the, the big leap was made to biometric. Yeah. And there's not a huge net security gain in terms of moving to facial recognition. So that's about, a false construct. I thought about, like, I think about usability a lot, and I think about experience and stuff. And it actually dawned on me this morning when I did the old, the old double tap on the home button. That's like my favorite thing. That, that shit was fast. Like, yep. I, I got the, that that muscle memory that I have in my, in my right thumb to get me back to all my apps way quicker than the drag up, pause. Anyway, we're getting back into the phone. But um, but I do think there's some upside from okay. a commercial application standpoint. One of the things you and I were talking about. So I went to Redbox yesterday, right? I'm just going to admit it. But after getting sitting in the dentist chair the for three and a half. The only guy keeping those guys going. <laughs> after I didn't know they were owned by Coinstar, I found out. Oh, those yeah. guys are kiosk legends. Yep. But um, after sitting in the dentist chair for three and a half hours and knowing I was going to go home to work with my sort of lopsided smile, I decided maybe I'll stop by and get a movie. There must be something decent out. So I flipped through and flipped through, and I didn't see anything that I liked. And so I decided to get in my car. And one of the things I thought about was something that frustrates us which is the ability to personalize or reach back out to a customer before they log in, mm-hmm. before they give you their information, right? So we deal with this with our clients. How do you personalize an on-site experience or a mobile experience um, without them logging in and appending to the data system? With facial recognition, Redbox would have known I was there, and it, its system would have instantly said, hey, James was just at this kiosk. It flipped, He flipped through. He didn't find what he wanted. He walked away. At the very least, we should reach out and say, hey, you didn't see what you wanted. What, what were you looking for? What were you in the mood for? Right? And that that's yeah. actually a huge get, right? Just from the ability Just to Just the ability back. to recognize. So I think I, that's yeah. the thing. Everybody jumps to, how am I feeling? What do I look like? But... You know, if you look at our retail clients, what if they just had facial recognition, which apparently everyone is okay with now, yeah. and they had that inside the stores and were able to match that back to your Facebook profile and say, you came into the store, you didn't buy anything, and I want to reach back out to you. Is that okay? And I think that's where all of a sudden we're opening up facial recognition at scale, and there's going to be lots of moral challenges. There's going to be ethical challenges. There's going to be all sorts of things that businesses have to deal with 
My take though is that the second that Apple does it yeah. and it goes to scale, then a lot of the challenges that you face from a consumer adoption standpoint go away. Yep. So it, it, I think it's I think it's a massive opportunity. That, I do too. That's yeah. the thing that I was thinking about with like uh with with the online offline stuff, right? So the scenario that you guys just played out is zero difference than what Amazon does to me today. It's what retargeting does. It was all this stuff does. And it, what it does is it, in a way, not to be like too out there, but it, it, it dissolves the identity of self. Like, what does it mean to actually be you? Is there a difference between you going to Redbox or hovering over that pair of shoes on Zappos? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know, right? And, and to your point, what Apple does really well is they provide scale, right? Layer's been doing this shit. Um, Asus has figured out some really cool and occlusion, like furniture with Wayfair partnership. They're not necessarily doing anything new, but the scale at which these guys are operating, at least in North America, because we know like the operating system with platforms and all that shit, it's the adoption rate and it's, and it's the education, right? So a few podcasts ago, we talked about how Snap is training an entire generation to expect AR. Right, mm-hmm. you, you point a phone at a, at a four-year-old, they stick their tongue out. They don't know what AR is. It doesn't actually matter. They're just behaving in a certain way. And so all that's doing is doubling, tripling down on the next generation of expected experiences, right? Yes. And then who knows? I mean, to your point, from a business standpoint, I'm super excited, right? Because like the data of the whole self and how you can slot in and provide utility as a brand, huge. From a personal standpoint, I'm not, I'm not one who gets scared at all. This scares the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah. So, that's, so when we look at the question, what does the future look like with facial recognition, I think um, the onus is on us to make it not look like a Minority Report in Blade That's the Runner. first thing that came to mind was Minority Man, Report. A lot. Like, it, 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 we talk a lot about AI. We talk a lot about the rise of the machines and stuff like that. But th- this is a an entry point that scares me even more. I think it's it's closer than we think. I, I don't know. I think I may actually be reverting back to the the lazy category that Ben talked about earlier. It's not efficient. It's just lazy. I'm like, you know what? If I walk into a store and the machine can recognize me and it says, "Hey, guess what? He's a valued customer and he's not an average customer." Yeah. You know, th- think about the implication for loyalty and rewards. Right? It can instantly catch you and say, "Hey." James is here. You need to send over Maurice. That's his guy, right? Or whatever. Something yep. to that effect. We even talked about that. The pompatus we were... of love? What's that? The pompatus of love. Pom- <laughs> <laughs> so if we send the you thing Maurice. I think about is like, you think about like how many technology providers Maurice. like end up going cheap, right? And like cheap cameras and poor facial interpretation. And I always think about that Russian utility worker that looks just like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Like so you have a yes. doppelganger out there somewhere and you get served up their preferences. And then you find that you start well, learning about that guy that looks it's a one lot in like 327 you. people look exactly like it, it, you. Something like that. Exactly. The yes. mass is there. There's, so I could very well be served up 326 other experiences. And I don't know if I want to learn about those. But I do think about that, um, the Russian Leonardo DiCaprio and like, it's like all of a sudden it's like trying to make reservations for him and Bali and things like that. It's like, why are you doing this? I just want to go home. Like, hey, would you like to go and see the Saudi prince again? No, I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio. I am just Boris. So other than you being served Boris's preferences mm-hmm. in Bali, what does the future of facial recognition look like? Near term, long term? Uh, I think it reinforces that self at the center of everything that we're seeing already. And I think... 
I, I'm always that sort of Debbie Downer is like, what's the moral and ethical slope that we're sliding down? Um, but I do think that question has to be asked because in reality, to our uh, many points we've already made in this podcast, particularly with the selfies, we become sort of a self-absorbed generation. We're self-loving in a way. I don't know that this helps that. I really do think, you know, facial recognition could potentially cater to the worst parts of our ourselves. There he is. Yeah, there it does back. But it yeah. doesn't scare me. It just it just kind of like uh, you put on an optimistic kind of like I felt the morning after Trump was elected. I'm like, oh god, right, Mr. Ben. I'm I'm optimistic about it. I think that there's lots of downside, but I think from a overall experience standpoint, the fact that we can now understand what everyone is thinking, feeling doing just by recognizing the products that we build and that they interact with i think it opens up a whole new level of user experience that that part gets me exciting is it creepy absolutely a hundred percent and uh i think the line between those for the first time is it might cross over and you made a great point which is that Oh, we, shit. we haven't worried we about get a button it. Yeah, for that yeah too. exactly. Mark that. Brandon, Brandon finally made a, great made a good point. point. What's that timestamp? We've we've been doing this in the in the digital age for ten years now. Yep. And everyone kind of freaks out, but not really. But they don't realize this. If that same experience translates to the physical world, even fifty percent of it, people will lose their mind. And that part to me is interesting. And that's what I think we'll have to watch going forward. Cool. Uh, what do I think the future looks like? Uh, I don't know, man. This is like a thread in our podcast about the legal landscape catching up. I think um, people are getting smarter more often. I th- you know, I, th- I think the fact that, to, the, to your point about scale of facial recognition, we've been able to do this shit with Microsoft Connect for a long time. OCRs are really old technology. Now it's just, it's in all the pockets in North America that are majority stake. Uh, we're going to have to take a look at it. I agree with you. I mean, the utility of it's going to be badass when we design experiences and ultimate utility for everyday life. Couldn't imagine a better entry point. Scares the shit out of me. Hmm. So that's what I think the future looks like. And I think, again, the onus is on us to adopt Google's OG saying, which is do no evil. So uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Austin, sound engineer, you like facial recognition or not? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. You want to tell me, Austin? Miss Carly, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. All right, man. We got some haters in the house. Yeah, dude. Beware the fence sitters, as my friend James Lanning always says. that's it, man. Another episode of Cocktails and Questions. Uh, thank you to James Lanning. Thank you to Ben Gaddis, Austin, Carly, and our friends over at 512 Tequila for Damn. powering us through this Thursday? Thursday. Wow, what a week. Why we not? did it. Thursday. Um, you guys be good. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and all places that podcasts are available. See you next time. Adios. Peace. Adios. All right, another episode of Cocktails and Questions Down. Uh, this one was fun, man. Joining my friend James Laning and Ben Gaddis as we looked at the Apple event and whether or not we gave a shit about what they had to talk about. And one of the things that they did talk about is facial recognition and what does that future look like. Thanks again also to our friends at Tequila 512 for powering us through a weird Thursday, man, in the Garden Grove off of North Lamar. Much appreciation for everything that they got going on. Check them out, tequila512.com. Until next time, friends, see you later.